0: It's been a hot minute. We are going to make an attempt at a podcast. I am in an undisclosed location trying to become the next big thing in theater. And I'm being super secretive about it on purpose because there will be a big ass reveal soon that I'm very excited about. Hi, this is Jonathan, the host and only entity of the Sweaty Oracle Show. What is the Sweaty Oracle Show? A monthly purgatory, I've found myself, myself. why did I just talk like I was literally in the Black Lodge, that sounded reversed, by the way, if you play this podcast in reverse, you'll get a crazy message, the biggest Broadway T that you've ever heard in your life, and that T is, uh, you have schizophrenia, maybe, <laughs> welcome to the Sweaty Oracle Show, <laughs> Have you guys ever been on an Amtrak train and you're listening to New Order? I'm not the guy that likes to tell you just what you want me to you're Have you, and, and you just fold in the middle and you sob and you feel so connected to the American experience for just one second. I, I fear that there are a lot of you theater people out there that's like, what's New Order? It's, re- it's secular music. G- get <laughs> Broadway people and Christians don't realize how much they have a like Super hardcore Christians only listen to Christian music. I dated a girl whose parents were like this and they think everything else is secular and awful. And Broadway people, the really hardcore theater kids uh only listen to cast recordings and they think everything else is secular that's not fair i shouldn't say cast recordings they also listen to those corny solo albums that broadway artists put out where they're covering pop hits in like a cabaret style way who's that for i don't i don't mean to be a dick but who's that for is that for anyone Alice Ripley, by all accounts, seems to be a pretty horrible person, allegedly. (laughs) But at least when she was putting out solo CDs, it was like she was trying to write original music. I think Ida Menzel did that, too. I always call Indina Menzel Ida Menzel because this girl in high school used to argue with me that that's how her name was pronounced, Ida (laughs) Menzel. Let me circle back to Alice Ripley. I'll open with some hot tea that some of you may have heard from me before, but it's been a couple of years since I talked about this. I witnessed the whole Alice Ripley early social media thing. It was absolutely crazy. It happened between like 2009 and 2012. Maybe it ended before 2012, but it ha- it started happening around 2009, People like me, little freaks in South Carolina, were searching Broadway stars on Facebook, and we were adding them and building this weird sort of relationship, social media relationship, obviously, uh, that nobody really knew how to handle and nobody really knew what to do with. It was very weird looking back on it. Two stories before I get back to Alice Ripley. I literally am going to have to write a note, Alice Ripley, to come back. Uh, (laughs) um, One time I posted a list of everything I hated, and on that list was the 2001 Into the Woods cast recording from the Broadway revival. Uh, I said it made my ears bleed, I think. That's a direct quote from me without realizing that Christopher Sieber and I were Facebook friends and without realizing that he was in that revival and he commented, sorry, I made your ears bleed and then promptly unfriended me. So, (laughs) if somebody knows Christopher Sieber, can you uh, apologize and tell him that it wasn't him specifically who made my ears bleed? It was just basically everyone else. (laughs) It's a really bad production of Into the Woods. Some of the technical stuff was pretty interesting, but it was a really, really bad production of Into the Woods. Badly cast almost completely around. Almost every single person should not have been in that Broadway revival of Into the Woods. It is baffling to me that the same director directed the brilliant original Into the Woods not even 10 years before that. James Lapine's original production was running on Broadway. It was filmed on Broadway less than 10 years before that revival happened. I don't understand how James Lapine lost the point of the show in that period. Also interesting, I I swear, I'm going to keep all these tangents together, that uh, Billy Porter purports that he was cast as the witch and that Sondheim was going to rewrite the role as a warlock or possibly make some kind of transgender commentary. Um, Billy says he was cast—it's Billy Piper here, or, or is Billy Piper they? I'm going to say they to be safe. I don't want—I would never want to—I shouldn't have assumed someone's pronouns. But Billy Piper— Claims they were cast, and then 9/11 happened, and they decided they needed to star cast for the show to happen. So they cast Vanessa Williams and lowered all of the keys. That's what people wanted. That's anyway. Anyway, another quick early social media tangent. Not that many people know this, but when I was in high school, my last two years of high school, I became a deeply conservative Christian. I was dating a deeply conservative Christian. Uh, I hope it's okay that I say I lost my virginity to them because I did, and we were getting on the rocks. So I was like, oh, I better become a conservative Christian. This will save our relationship. Um, And I was Facebook friends with Laura Bonanti, and Laura Bonanti sent me one time this incredibly empathy-filled, loving Facebook message that was pretty long, just basically asking me to re-examine my beliefs and asking me if I really believed that or if I felt like I needed to believe that for the social circles I was in. I still have the message somewhere. I looked for it like a week ago, but it's somewhere, it's somewhere on a hard drive. Mm. And that turned my little Baptist ass around because I was like, oh, shit. Gypsy just told me I need to get my shit together because that was right after Laura had won the Tony, sometime in the two-year period after Laura had won the Tony for Gypsy. Okay, back to Alice Ripley. We're back. I made it around. So I became aware of Alice Ripley really through Next to Normal. I became obsessed with Next to Normal, as a lot of teenagers did at that time. I was like 16 or 17 when Next to Normal got really big, and uh, in case you guys don't know this, Alice Ripley had this batshit insane YouTube channel, it might still be up, where she was posting videos that are literally so crazy, I, I can't describe them from you to you, it's Ripley the Band was the name of the YouTube channel, all one word. Um, the Peppermint Twist comes to mind as a good one. Scarab and Kebab is always one of the wildest ones to me. There was one that got taken down of her walking to her half-hour call at Next to Normal, singing at people on the street and calling a little black baby, Baby James Brown. It's, it was a fucking lot. You guys, if you and then if if you're even earlier into Broadway lore, Alice Ripley had a website during sideshow where she was posting crazy, crazy, crazy poetry. The Alice Ripley social media rabbit hole is very, very, very deep, conspiracy theory level of deep. So Alice Ripley gets a Facebook. I add Alice Ripley on Facebook, and you know she has this really. close relationship to all of these young fans I see. And then weird things start happening. Alice Ripley added my best friend at the time, Bill. Bill had absolutely no idea what Alice Ripley was, what Next to Normal was, did not give a rat's fuck about Broadway. And Alice Ripley would send him weird messages about like rabbits and shit. And uh, now looking back, it's very weird how a middle-aged woman formed all of these strange relationships with high schoolers and teenagers. And the person who brought up the allegations against Alice Ripley, I watched all of that go down on social media. I became friends with both of them on social media somehow. I don't know how, both of them being Alice and... Alice's alleged victim, I believe her a thousand percent, because I saw a lot of Alice's online interactions with that person, and I assumed that person was in like their mid-twenties because of how Alice interacted with them. I believe everything they say, the only reason I'm not saying their name is because I'm not sure they want to dredge it back up. I'm not sure they want their identity to be the person who called out Alice Ripley's early 2000s social media horseshit. Allegedly. Social media is a dangerous place for Broadway people, huh? I have never understood if you are in a position of power as an actor, performer, director, yada, yada, Why would you even fuck with social media? You're getting enough attention. You're getting enough affirmation. How much more do you need? How much more affirmation from the public do you need? They've already chosen you to be one of the 0.1% that gets to make it in your artistic industry. What else do you want? Performers keep fucking up their shit that way. They keep saying stupid shit that way, and I guess in a good in a way it's good because it's exposing all these people with kind of shitty beliefs. I think earlier this week Zachary Levi came out as anti-vax. I'm sure we all remember the rise and fall of Chad Kimball. I have never enjoyed chad kimball even the smallest amount that goes back to that into the woods revival his best role was when he was the dancing milky white puppet because he was quiet <laughs> in memphis a role that he could really only sing for three previews memphis is the fucking worst the fucking worst the epitome of Memphis is everything when people say I hate musical theater, Memphis is every single cliche that makes people say that. The dredges, the skid mark on the underwear of best musical Tony winners. Anyway, Chad Kimball could sing that role for about a week and he literally sounded like George Bush and Forrest Gump conceived a love child in secret. Whack doo! <laughs> I read a topic jump. I read a report that the average Broadway ticket buyer, the average person who goes and sees Broadway shows, makes over two hundred thousand dollars a year. It's typically white and it's typically Democrat. Uh, and the Democrat thing, I don't, I don't have anything to say about uh, I hate the Democratic Party, I hate the Republican Party. That's not me saying I'm some kind of centralist. I am a leftist. Yeah word. <laughs> so, so stupid. Um, but most Broadway ticket buyers are white, rich people. And you know, and it's sad thing is even $200,000 isn't really that rich. It's really just upper middle class in New York City now. I read another report that most people making over $100,000 a year are, excuse me, not over, most people making $100,000 a year are still living paycheck to paycheck. Broadway is really only attended by the super rich, the super elite. I don't know how they're going to keep this model up. I don't think they can. They're going to have to really start doing some wild stunt casting to keep these prices up and to keep those people continually interested. Mate I suggest Joe Biden as Hermes? That ain't easy walking, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 Waddling out there. And opening the vest (laughs) Oh he's gonna give Eurydice's hair a little sniff Sniff before she Goes down (laughs) God damn it I'm so sorry I fucking made myself laugh till I cried. That's the height of narcissism. Made me Joe Biden is Hermes. We stand. We want it. We crave it. Oh, God. I, I don't know how. I mean, I say this every time I speak into a microphone. This model's not going to last much longer. And this is the reason that Broadway kind of sucks. Here's some tea. I might be moving back to the city. That might be part of the secret, secret thing I'm talking about. And the thing is, I don't know if I want to make theater for people in the city because I don't know if I want to just make theater for white, rich neoliberals. I don't think that interests me at all. They get enough. And by enough, I mean everything. They get everything. Why should they get my art too. I would rather do art for marginalized people with marginalized people. I, I, I want to go to West Virginia and open the greatest theater company in the world and hire all coal miners or some shit and turn all those Republican coal miners leftist communist theater actors. That's, that's the shit that interests me. I don't know. I don't give a fuck about present- They They have everything. That being said, I will take their money and make art there if offered. Obviously, there's nothing inside of me that's not hypocritical enough to do that. But it does kind of make me sad. At the end of the day, they're the people who get everything. Everything is for them and increasingly becoming not for everybody else. I got into like a, a TikTok thing about Sweeney Todd's prices where people were mad at me for calling out Sweeney Todd's prices. And I clicked around, you know, like four days, could barely find a ticket under $200. Yes, there were and still are some scattered tickets for just under $100, but it's really pathetic that $100 is like the now cheap ticket. That's the ticket price people are excited about. No, no, no. No, there is affordable Broadway. Moulin Rouge has $79 sateen seats. Yeah, very, very, very affordable. Which is like what? Probably $87 with fees. Broadway lotteries are now $60, $70. There is no more affordable Broadway. The price of Broadway has risen with the price of inflation, which has not risen with the price of most people's wages. People started flipping their lid when the producers charged over $100 a ticket. And it shot up from there faster than the rate of <laughs> – faster than the rate of uh, wages have gone up. This is why I can't eat. My brain shuts down. Economics. I even try to talk, "Baby, economics." My brain goes "dee dee doo dee dee doo." I recently sent in a self-tape for a theater company and that it was going to pay less than working at Target or Walmart. It was going to pay butt kiss. Um, and uh, then I found out they were casting the role and costuming the role and asking the role to be performed basically just like it was in the movie the very popular movie of this musical I'm not going to say what it is Um, and it pissed me off and it just wasn't worth the money to me if I don't even get to be creative in the process you know what I mean when I did Rocky Horror, I played Eddie, and I came in with all these ideas to the costume designer and director. I was like, maybe Eddie, because I was bald at the time. I've been bald since, like, 2015. Uh, I was like, maybe Eddie, because his brain was taken out, would have to be bald. And we could do, like, a big prosthetic where half of my bald head is a brain. And they were like, no. Movie. Movie wear Elvis wig. Movie where Elvis wig. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Meatloaf movie, wear Elvis wig. Meatloaf movie, wear Elvis wig. You wear Elvis wig. And I said, oh, okay. And you fat, because Meatloaf fat. I don't really wear. I don't really feel comfortable wearing something like fat suit ish on stage. I find that offensive. Meatloaf, fat in movie. Meatloaf wig in movie. You fat, you wig on stage. Oh no, money's for you. And I'm just kind of over that as a human, especially. I mean, I wouldn't be over it if pay was like $700 a week. But if it's going to be $150 a week and I am just required to watch the pro shot, the movie, and then copy it, kiss my grits, as we say in the South. You see these grits? Kiss them. Kiss them. I was uh, Instagram, not Instagram, I was TikTok DMing with one of my favorite directors on the musical theater scene. I'm not going to say who because it's techie as fuck to name drop, but I was talking to them and they have a okay high profile regional thing going on right now and... (laughs) Broadway World was very harsh on this thing because Broadway World wants original production again. Broadway World want that now, <laughs> typically. Those older gentlemen who populate Broadway World, my favorite. Um, And it just—I I said to the the director— what what is the point in reviving something unless you have a totally new thing to say about it? Even if it's just a small run of something why? Why? Why do you want the original photocopied except without the original creative team's motivation behind it? Why do you want that? Why do you not want to even consider new ideas. I, 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 it's, I saw so much crazy, especially when it went on tour. So many crazy things about Daniel Fish's Oklahoma. Uh, And Daniel Fish's Oklahoma, parts of it didn't work for me, but like I've said it before, I will say it again. And by the way, his man of La mancha from what I've seen is really going to blow everybody away. In my opinion, Uh, I would rather a billion billion, trillion daniel fish's oklahomas that are incredibly interesting but maybe don't completely work for me then like one roundabout kiss me kate revival one hack o'brien revival <laughs> because i just i just don't get the point of of, of revivals such as the kiss me kate revival And I'm sure the forthcoming uh, Roundabout, Threepenny Opera. Basically everything Roundabout has done since maybe the Alan Cummings Threepenny Opera. Basically. Oh, by the way, did I say Threepenny Opera next season? It's Pirates of Penzance they're doing next season. They would never have the balls now to do Threepenny Opera. It, uh, I, They were going to do, speaking of Rocky Horror, before the pandemic happened, uh, they were going to do the Rocky Horror show in fall of 2020. And I'm happy that that fell through because I don't think – I think they would have hired someone completely competent to put on a completely competent production of Rocky Horror. That seems to be roundabouts about model now. And that doesn't interest me at all. I want a crazy person's take on Rocky Horror, if Rocky Horror comes back. If you can't offer me, a completely crazy new take, on Rocky Horror, I can offer that to you, if you're looking, if you're having trouble, finding someone, Juicy Theater Tea, theater with an R-E, at gmail.com, Juicy Theater Tea, at female, female, <laughs> Juicy Theater Tea, at gmail.com, that also links, to a cash app, and a Patreon, if you want to support the show, this is entirely, viewer, funded uh it it was my birthday recently if you want to throw some birthday bucks so that i can buy oatmeal yummy yummy oatmeal side tangent this is sesame street lore now like you guys can stand two minutes of sesame street lore bert's favorite food like bert of bert and ernie fame his favorite food is oatmeal and they mean to like Use that as a way to paint Bert as boring. And I've always hated it, even since I was little. Bert is obviously autistic. Bert and Ernie are two different sides of autism together in one relationship, if you haven't realized that yet. I thought when I was younger, I was going to be, maybe when all of us, when we're younger, think we're going to be... The Ernie autistic, but I grew up to be the Bert. I just want to collect little shitty things like bottle caps and matchbooks. I got a huge collection of vintage Max matchbooks. I'm really excited to show people. I just want to do that and eat my oatmeal with blueberries in it three times a day. That's all I want. I'm I, I, that's all I want. I'm a Bert autistic. <laughs> I recently went and saw the world premiere of the play Kill Corp at Warehouse Theater. It was great. Uh, One of my pals, Joe, was in it. Incredible job. The whole cast, incredible job. And I went out after the show with Joe and another cast member, and we— just got to talking about how everybody in the theater has immense trauma from being in the theater. And the longer you've been in the theater, the more trauma you have from being in the theater. And I told them that I wish I was like an accountant type of autism, like a mathematic type of autism and not a Jesus Christ superstar type of autism because I, I kind of hate being this in love with the theater. It's, it's an abusive relationship. Exactly like an abusive relationship. I don't know anybody who has ever worked in theater or done more than like three community theater shows. I don't know anybody who hasn't experienced the worst human behavior imaginable. That's usually covered up, by the way. It's usually completely covered up by the theater because that's their friend. Oh no, he was sending nudes to minors, but that's a friend. He's gonna play Mister Wormwood and Matilda. That's our friend. <laughs> We're sorry, but that's our friend. It is that way from the top to the bottom in theater. Everybody has experienced something like that. Every woman I know in the theater has experienced being cast because somebody wants to fuck them or being uh, sexually abused by not uh, maybe abuse is too no abuse is the right word. Co- 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 coercion, power coercion is a form of abuse. Uh it's spe- especially in a situation like the entertainment world in theater where the person doing the coercion decides if you ever work again. This is a really horrible life. This is a really horrible environment. I have found that more often to be true than not true. And I've been everywhere from off-Broadway to around Broadway to entertainment in theme parks to community theater to regional theater to immersive theater. I've literally seen it everywhere, almost everywhere. I think a lot about Serenby Playhouse. Uh, If you don't know the story of Serenby Playhouse, there is a beautiful article that I think the American Theater League, our wing, one of those two, put out. Serenby Playhouse was this giant plot of land right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, owned by a guy named Brian Cloudus. Henceforth, we will be referring to him as – I fumbled the joke. Henceforth, we will be referring to him as Brian Clownass. Brian Clownass was in and around all the regional theaters I worked at in South Carolina for a long time. And then Brian Clownass started Serenby Playhouse, and it looked like a fucking paradise for about half a decade. They were doing. In case you don't know, try to find their old promo videos. They were doing carousel, but renting full fare equipment and having the audience on it. They had a live uh, Vietnam helicopter take actors to different locations during *Miss Saigon*. They did *Titanic* in a lake, a lake, and sunk the set. They did *Grease* with a bunch of old cars and like drive in, and the audience had the old cars and uh, that all sounds the promo videos are fucking great except for cabaret oof we'll get to their production of cabaret let me write a note to come back to their terrible production of cabaret uh um it looked crazy for a while so i knew somebody who got to a callback at serenby one time and this was the first time for the season they did cabaret this is the first time i started to be like oh maybe this isn't what maybe this isn't what and uh, my friend asked if they were equity. And they were like, no, equity would shut us down so fast. Equity would shut down our theater. Absolutely not. No, no, no. No, 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 baby, no. No safety measures around this part, so you hear? And uh, in case you don't know, Sarah B got shut down over the pandemic because Brian Clownass. Uh, Turned out to be a far right white supremacist, in my opinion, allegedly Trump supporting racist, misogynistic maniac who was not only putting all of his performers and crew in situations they could have and probably should have died in over-the-top unsafe situations, and also spouting racist rhetoric all along the way. I saw multiple productions of Brian's. I saw his Ragtime at Serenby, which took place in a circus tent. There was actually a rumor that it was going to go to St. Anne's Warehouse before this all blew up, and uh, I saw Titanic, and I saw shit. I saw Hair, and I saw Cabaret, and every single one of those productions, except for Cabaret, looked nice and flashy on a promo video, but missed the mark completely besides their cool giant concept the concept was always the only thing that that was right the acting the motivation none of that and like the details of the concept were never thoroughly executed or even really i think thought about cabaret was just fucking suck city It was Cirque du Soleil meets the 80s with no explanation or ties in how those themes of Nazism, you know, the rise of Nazism, what that had to do with like an 80s club scene. It was really because Brian Clownass wanted to put on Hedwig and the Inch makeup and Hedwig and the Angry Inch makeup and uh, give an embarrassing self-indulgent performance of the MC. And I also... Oh, man. And then they did the girl who played Sally who could hit her notes in real life dirty as a motherfucker in their promo video and used this take where she is, like, so far off the note in an I love a cabaret! I know I'm off the note, too, but I'm not supposed to be able to hit it. I'm not playing the role regionally. God, they did her so dirty. Go find that clip if you can. And if that performer ever hears this, you sounded right on the money in the actual performance I saw. They did you dirty. Ceren B looked like the model regional theater should be moving to. And in a way, it's the blueprint and prototype of what regional theater should be moving into, at least what I would like for it to. But but if you re- read that article the abuse that they got away with just being able to say well we're Saran b playhouse they hadn't even been around that long and they were already pulling their weight and reputation to put non-equity performers in life-threatening situations usually for a gimmick that was not that well thought out artistically Usually for a gimmick that, if you saw the actual production, did not aid the story but was purely for the self-indulgent wants and and needs of the artistic director. In my opinion, allegedly, Brian Clown-ass. How does that happen at one of the biggest up-and-coming regional theaters and nobody talks about it for years? I'll tell you how it happens because it's happening in every theater around the country, basically every theater around the country. And they're getting away with it. And that's the archetype. Very, very. I, I Let me do something like Serenbe, by God, by golly. Serenbe, but with actual artistic purposes and, you know, without the racism and without the MAGA country. Brian Clown Ass now has a, like, MAGA Republican Theater Company. They did a MAGA Oklahoma, I believe, or tried to. And I think the first time they tried to do MAGA Oklahoma, the land that they were renting was like, uh-uh, motherfucker. A good ways into the process, and they had to move. You might need to fact check that. Oof. Maybe not... The extremism of a man who has a picture with the QAnon shaman, maybe not in the same way politically I'm talking about, but abuse in that form is happening in almost every regional and almost every community and in a lot of Broadway productions. Nobody wants to talk because nobody wants to be kicked out of the club. And the way to stay in the club is to shut the fuck up and take it. I have already, it has already been made clear to me, I will never be allowed in the club. Uh, so I, uh, I, I have no problems uh, telling the bouncers to uh, fuck themselves. That's not me trying to be self-righteous. Like I said, I'd much rather be talking about accounting. I'd much rather be talking about updating my CPA license. Certified public asshole. Did people, was Matthew Broderick ever considered a good actor? I guess he was good when he was young in Ferris Bueller, maybe killing people, maybe vehicular manslaughter took away some of his spark. I have always found him to be like, comically lacking as an actor like i've and maybe that was the joke in the produce in some ways the joke of the producer's movie in my family is how comically bad matthew broderick is i saw a clip on TikTok of him on whatever roseanne is without roseanne the 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 connors he played an abusive husband on the connors and he's just i these are not the words he was speaking but it's I was abusing you. It was fun. Why are you upset? And it's just like, oh, you only know one shtick now. Autopilot. I saw him in uh, that that musical Nice Work If You Can Get It. And that man was beyond autopilot. That man was asleep. That man needs some milk. He needs some milk. Because he was completely done. Out of it. Caputso Womp womp. Anyway. Enough of the uh, Matthew Broderick rant, I guess. I asked my friends while we were talking about our collective trauma because of the theater, and they were discussing whether it was a good idea to take a job that paid very well, but at a place that had uh, done some, some bad shit to them in the past. And it's like, what is the answer to that question? I, I don't know. And I also don't know what the answer is to change it besides getting the older straight white male generation out. And you know what? I'm going to be real. It's not just the older straight males. Some of the older gay males have been some of the most inappropriate people I've ever seen in the theater. They think they can touch women's private parts without consent because they're gay. I've often seen that extended to other male cast members where they think they can touch other cast male cast members because they're obviously gay the i i've seen i i I've, I've seen some really rough shit from like basically every middle-aged white dude in the theater regardless of sexuality usually it's the straight white guys but sorry sorry gays you're you're complicit in this too ooh i want to name like four broadway directors right now god damn it uh, i guess i shouldn't pretty woman Walking down the street, pretty woman. <laughs> anyway, how does it stop? Where does it end? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe with everybody just fucking talking about it, and I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's that's the simple answer. And uh, I don't know if you guys have realized this. I feel like I say in every episode, they don't really have that much power, especially the ones working in regional theaters. If they had that much power, they wouldn't be working in a small regional theater. My God, at least that, that's it's maybe dickish, but these people usually wield like I have Broadway connections and I'm the key to your next big job. They're not and they don't. Because they can't pull themselves out of their position. Why can they pull you out of the same one, basically? Tell the fucking story. That's my, that's, that's my only advice. Saw some bad takes on theater TikTok about consent earlier this week where everybody in theater TikTok decided they need to talk about the movie where Jonah Hill, and I forget who his co-star is, they CGI'd them kissing. And I've just seen how they obviously weren't really committed to being actors if they can't even kiss. I've kissed people on stage eight shows a week that I don't even like. Number one, let's, let's take out the idea that that might have been COVID-related or health-related. Let's talk purely the hypothetical that one or both parties don't want to. Should they have to? Should they have to? I don't think they should have to. I think it goes against what I view as consent, that you have to become physically intimate with someone for your job unless you are a sex worker. And last I checked, Jonah Hill and that actress are not sex workers, respectively. There is no, 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 no shame in sex work, by the way. I'm not saying sex work derogatory. Lord knows. Support sex work. That's support sex work, defund mega corporate Broadway. (laughs) Can I have somebody make me a shirt that says that? (laughs) Anyway, it's, it's just very weird to me that... Actors are conditioned—I don't even blame the actors. It's very weird to me that actors are conditioned to think they have to engage in physical intimacy on a public level if they don't want to. Or they can't have that job, in air quotes. I think we need to re-examine that. Why do we need intimate scenes on film? Or on stage. Unless— it's, it's something very specific that's really been talked over with the performers. It's a, bit, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a bit over overdone at this point. And I think we're moving past it as a society. If the actors want to kiss, if they're feeling that chemistry, kiss, kiss, kiss in any way you want. As long as there is a mutual, not only consent, but want between the parties. And I'm not talking romantic or sexual want either if you don't want to why on earth should you be forced to especially considering that jonah hill directed that movie should he have forced directed his co-star to kiss him if she didn't want to in this hypothetical it's it's weird and it, it, it like remind this way of thinking that maybe he should have reminds me of like the skeevy shit that quentin tarantino does as a man who likes stinky little feet It's very weird to me that Quentin Tarantino has directed himself into his movies and has directed like Selma Hayek's character to make his character suck her toes on camera. That is disgusting and, and a wild abuse of power. I would even say adding, not even him, you know, directing intimacy with one of his actresses to fulfill a fetish I, I, I would also say the, the showcases of his fetish all over his work, using actresses to fulfill something because he's their director and to fulfill something publicly, something that doesn't serve the story but rather just serves the director's fetish. That shit is revolting to me. And it's really no more farther off than a director directing his co-star to Kiss. Kiss. If she does not feel comfortable. See a lot of weird takes from acting talk about this guys, girls, they them, they zeds. Not you, Animal Ken. Get out of here. <laughs> Sweaty Oracle canceled for saying no Animal Ken allowed in his podcast. <laughs> mwah, mwah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this up now uh, talking about this is the last subject. unless I think of something else, then I'll keep going. I want to plug the weirdest musical theater plug. I want to plug 1970s Australian cast recordings, okay? For some reason, the Australian cast recordings of prolific 60s and 70s rock musical blow the other cast recordings out of the water. If you've never heard the live Jesus Christ Superstar in Australia recording, it is on Spotify. It is on Apple Music. It is the best recording of Jesus Christ Superstar. Everyone is out of their mind. the, The pianist sounds like he just did line after line after line in the bathroom and then was like, yeah, fuck all. It is the craziest recording of Jesus Christ Superstar you'll ever hear. Go listen to it. Australian cast recording. Go listen to Reg Livermore as King Herod. He takes a three-minute song and makes it almost eight minutes long. Speaking of Reg Livermore, he plays Frankenfurter in the Australian cast recording of Rocky Horror. And he is my absolute favorite Frankenfurter because he's not copying Tim Curry. Like everyone else's, everyone else I've seen play Frank and Furter is doing a somewhat derivative performance, derivative of Tim Curry. Reg Livermore is balls to the walls insane as Frank. I, the, the hair cast recording, the hair Australia cast recording is flipping nuts. All three of those cast recordings I just named are freaking nuts. The tempos are crazy, the orchestrations are crazy, every vocalist is going To the max. So go listen to the live Australian... Jesus Christ Superstar recording. Go listen to Hair... The Hair Australia... Australian recording. I think it's up on my Patreon. If not, I'll put it up when I get back from my mission. And uh, definitely go listen to... The Rocky Horror Australian cast recording. I think that's on Spotify and Apple Music. The Evita Australian cast recording is okay. I'm pretty sure... Didn't the alternate's boyfriend, like the alternate Ava, didn't her boyfriend kneecap the regular Ava so that so that uh, alternate Ava could become main Ava? Didn't alternate Ava, Tanya Harding, full time Ava? I'm pretty sure. Australian cast recording of Avita's okay. The Australian cast recording of Pippin's okay. But the live Jesus Christ superstar, Rocky Horror and Hair, mwah. Chef's kiss, that's your recommendation this week from me, the Sweaty Oracle. This is going back to being weekly. There are big life changes happening. You'll see soon Um, that I don't want to talk about yet. I just want you to see them when they happen. That being said, uh, I have enjoyed talking with my friends here today. My friends being you guys, I don't see people in the room with me right now. I'm not that mentally unhealthy yet. Again, if you want to send in Theater tea that I'll report on TikTok. You can send an email to tea at gmail.com. That's theater with an R E at the end because we're classy. That also links, that email also links to a Patreon and Cash App. I want to thank everybody who sent birthday gifts and who have supported me and this work for the last couple of months. I hate to get meh about it, but uh, I have been kind of trapped in rural South Carolina without a car. I can't walk to work. There's no public transportation in the middle of nowhere, kind of feeling like I was in purgatory and kind of feeling amazingly trapped. And it's only through you guys that I have seen a window out. So to everybody who supported the channel monetarily, uh, I can't thank you enough. And to everybody who just likes and favorites, and shares my videos. I can't thank you enough. You guys mean the absolute world to me. I just turned 32. I think 32 is going to be the best year of my life. I'm going to make it the best year of my life, right? So if you want to donate to the best year of my life, JuicyTheaterTea at gmail.com with an R-E on Cash App and PayPal. I almost sold this podcast one time to a conglomerate But uh, it was a bad deal, and it would have been a little bit more upfront money, but they would own everything I did for multiple years. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. And I'm glad I held out because I have exciting news to tell you soon. And with that, it is me, Jonathan, the sweaty Oracle, signing out from this undisclosed location. I can't wait to tell you some big news soon. Mwah! That's a kiss unless you didn't consent to it. If you didn't, here's a high five. Bye.